You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to what I know the cobblers, the debrief, cheering the fat on Accrington Stanley nil, Northampton Town nil. What an entertaining game that was. Um, I'm Tom Reed, and joining me today is former Cobblers reporter turned comms man James Averill. Wallach regular Martin Maloney and longtime Cobblers fan Stephen Tomlin. How are you doing, guys? You okay? Yeah, we're good. Yeah, all good. Good Not stuff. Too bad. Nil-nil game yesterday, James. Um, although no goals, fairly entertaining, but it's sort of slightly worrying, isn't it, when you end up third from bottom after such a you know, positive performance? Yeah. I think we have to take into context that the performances are improving a lot. Uh, I didn't watch Blackpool, uh, which didn't sound great, but the games, certainly the games I've watched since the new signings have, have come in, um, have been a, a marked improvement on kind of the, the couple of months before. Uh, Morris, I think, is having a, a, a big impact in terms of the way we play. Um, we're dictating play a lot more. And I felt like yesterday was the first game where we were the better side throughout the whole game actually um I didn't really feel like Accrington had too many spells where I would say they were on top of us there were you know maybe a 10-15 minute spell but I thought yesterday was the best kind of 90 minute performance um so to speak but as you say the worry is that we played well but didn't score and to be honest didn't hugely look like scoring either there was the Hoskins chance wasn't there when Edmondson laid it across um, and Sowerby had a, a couple of kind of speculative shots from distance, but we still didn't really look like scoring, despite the fact that we're playing well. And um, it, it is almost immaterial how we, how we play at the moment in terms of the fact that we just cannot put the ball in the back of the net. Yeah, that's an important point, really, isn't it? Because we can play as well as we as well as we like. We can play like Brazil, but if we don't score, Martin, it doesn't count for much, does it? No, no, you're right. I mean, I think we're a little way, perhaps, from playing like Brazil. I know Cowden Beath are referred to as the blue Brazil. I don't think we're quite the claret Brazil yet. But um, <laughs> I was, I think, I think Jane Fakes made some really good points. I think the performances have been better. I thought yesterday was the best of all of them. I'd probably say you were a bit harsh on saying we didn't look like scoring. I mean, we had an awful lot of shots and chances and di- and didn't take them. But I, I would tend to think if you start having more of the ball and you, you and, and I think what I what I liked about yesterday, a bit like Lincoln, <clears throat> was we got on the front foot early. You know, Salby had that good shot like in the first in the first minute or so and sort of set the tone for it. And we were, you know, we we're still playing quite direct, but we were dropping the ball in for people to run onto. 
And in those conditions, that, that wasn't a bad move at all. So <clears throat> I'm kind of bittersweet about it because I think the performance was up with what we saw after Lincoln and we were all quite optimistic after that game and it kind of went a bit backwards really with the games after that. Um, but there is that worry that, you know, we created a few, quite a few chances, didn't take them. I would say on balance though, if, if you create that many chances, you'll score a few goals. And I also think, you know, we've been pretty negative on our defence, especially without Sheehan in it. Mm. I thought defence was, the centre-halves <clears throat> did really well. Mm. And obviously we'll talk about individual performances, but Kyoto, wow. Really, really, really impressed there. So I yeah, think I thought, a lot more good than bad yesterday. Yeah, I, I thought Kyoto was man of the match for me. Like, it was a very strong outing from Kyoto. But some of the comments, like, you've made, Martin, there, we've sort of said before during this season, and we're still down at the bottom. Um, Stephen, do you think that, you know, it was a positive performance, especially defensively, very strong performance. Do you think Cobblers are going to be able to get it together in time to keep themselves up in the division? Well, this is the worry, isn't it, I suppose? Um, I think there's a... I mean, hopefully with Miller coming back soon, hopefully this week, because it was, what, three weeks, there's potential goals in there, because with him, he, he lends a bit more... He's more pacey, isn't he? So possibly you could probably put him at the top and uh, potentially there's there's more goals there. But, yeah, we are, we are creating more, more chances. So, you know, that is... That is a big bonus from what we saw early on in the season. Um, yesterday, I just thought the ball. I mean, there was. I'll give you a little example. There was a, a, a deflected um, cross from them, and it went right into their path and nearly scored at the side netting. Yeah, we had yeah. a deflected cross, and it went went out. You know, they 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 ended up clearing it. Um, so it just felt yesterday it just. The ball just wouldn't drop for us, and it, you just felt a little bit more luck yesterday, and we would have got that goal. Um, yeah, the performances are getting better. We still have got time to get the goals, um, but they need to start coming this week, I would say. Yeah, definitely. I think you made a good point about the luck. We're not getting too much luck, and as Northampton ever had any luck, I guess it just sort of rolls on that bad luck, and we've got some sort of curse against us. But um, yeah, in terms of scoring and stuff, we'll, we'll go into that later a little bit. But it's not just we need to be scoring like two, two goals instead of, you know, we're struggling to score one. I think it's we've only scored two goals in about six games or two goals or more in about six games this season. So it's just concerning that if a, if a team puts a couple past us, where do we where do we come back from that? But obviously Accrington didn't, which is actually a really good, really good defensive showing. Um, James, you said that you thought Northampton with a better side. Now, I guess you can argue that, but I still think that Accrington maybe had a little more quality in their side. Um, you know, the guy Pritchard who got sent off was actually, mm. actually like a massive player. And I just felt they had that little bit more quality. And I reckon, you know, nine times out of 10, if, if maybe the game was on a better pitch, they might have had that little bit of quality to take it. But, you know, a very strong rear guard action. Um, to keep them to zero. So you can't complain about that one. Um, let's just read out a couple of the readers' comments uh, on NQNTFC Twitter. Uh, a couple of, you know, the regular fans have tweeted in. Um, Keith Buckby tweeted us, um, I expected nothing, but when surprisingly we had them under pressure, we had to score. 
not just a final mm-hmm. touch, but also the decision making were poor. Shooting badly from miles out when other players are in better positions for anyone to step mm-hmm. up. Uh, Adam Barbie tweeted us saying that it was a decent performance against good side, but with curl in charge, we're going down. We create next to nothing from open play, and on the rare occasion we do, there's no one anticipating League Two. Here we come. Yeah, that's a bit of a you know downtrodden one, but we'll see on that one. Um, Gavin Foster, not in should hear him after a loss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I understand it though because a lot of Cobblers fans have lived this several times over. This isn't a relegation yeah. battle; is not new to us. So I can I can understand the pessimism. In fairness, um, Gavin Foster tweeted: "Lots of effort, but lack of quality in the final third. Why was it only when they went down to ten men? Cal thought we can win this and bring mm. Marshall on. So frustrating. Um, we can perhaps touch on that in a bit." Uh, John Vintage Cobbler tweeted us you have to weigh up the plus of a good away point against a goals crisis we have failed to score in 14 out of 25 league games unless that changes quickly survival looks difficult so that's a fair point Um, Robert Shartless tweeted us about Harry Smith uh, playing against Sotwick so you know although some people were poo-pooing that move up to Scotland he actually came on yesterday at Sotwick Park which isn't a bad thing Martin will, will approve on that as a Celtic sort of a supporter uh james sills tweeted us saying would i have taken a point beforehand obviously so content with that stanley went great really today and i've no doubt been better whether that was to do with us stifling their game or the conditions i don't know creating yeah. chances is a major issue let alone taking them which is another good point mm. was a gibraltar cobbler great battling performance um stephen toblin tweeted us but we won't read that because he's here to talk to, talk to us about <laughs> it is that great uh sully uh sully man on twitter <laughs> Tweeted us saying, great point. We just don't score enough. Be fortunate, fortunate to stay up if we can't ever put the ball in the back of the net. Uh, yeah, fair point, obviously. And then Draper Kyle said it was a point gained, not too lost. So that's a fair mix of, you know, fairly positive points and fairly pessimistic ones, which is uh, reasonable. Um, let's go on to what happened in the game. Wasn't too many talking points, you know, but there was a, a couple of chances. Do you remember the strong early shot from Sowerby? I think you mentioned that, Martin. A speculative um shot from him early on do you think that one of the commenters are right that maybe there's a few too many sort of hit and hope long shots or you think that's a good thing to do i i think i think it's it's a it's sort of a fair point that we made some made a couple of bad decisions in the mm. in the final third and shot when we shouldn't have done and maybe there's a couple of times where they, they could have passed rather than shot but if we think about where we've been and the, you know the journey we're on <laughs> A side that what really didn't have much possession in the final third didn't get to make those mistakes. So I'm absolutely fine with that. I thought, you know, Salvi shot early doors. Sometimes I think it's a mentality thing with us that we we allow teams to push us back. I don't think we make a conscious decision to be pushed to, to retreat. I think we allow teams to do it. Salvi shot and kind of a few of the, the early tackles, etc., that went in. I felt like we were on the front foot from the off. And I think if we do that, we'll have more possession in the final third. And if we've got more possession in the final third, you know, we'll get to make, either make those good or bad decisions and we'll get that bad or good luck with with scoring goals. So I think in that sense, it's a step forward. Equally, <clears throat> if we go backwards on Tuesday night, you know, there'll be, there'll be a lot more questions because we've kind of shown a couple of games in the last little spell that we can be really at it. If we choose not to be, then I think, you know, right. And I've been, you know, probably Keith Curl's biggest defender, you know, on our pod. You have, you have to ask questions then. But I think, you know, you've set the team up you know, in such a way they can go and do stuff. If they don't do it, 
at some point, you know, you have to ask questions about about why. So I hope this is like, you know, a step, a big step forward. Sure. Uh, I guess Keith Curl as well can't really win to an extent because if we come off the pitch with very few shots on target, he get, he'll get hammered for it. And then if we're taking a few pot shots that don't really go anywhere, there'll be criticism for that as well. So it's, it's a bit of a difficult one. Personally, I've got no... I'm just so starved of shots. I don't mind them at all. Yeah. So starved of shots. And let's face it, he got it on target. So, you know, it wasn't like it was a bad effort. And he didn't really have many other options. If we're talking about, like, the, it was the shot after about, like, two minutes, wasn't it, or something? Yeah, it was, it was, it was a really shot. I don't mind him getting his shooting bon- uh, boots on and, and having a go. At the end of the day, if you don't shoot, you don't score, do you? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all right. So, I mean, there was one shot from Hoskins which which hit the corner flag, but... You know, on another day, who says that doesn't smash into the top corner? I mean, there was a stage, um, I think, later on in the game with about three or four minutes to go where poor Kaboa, he seems to have lost a bit of confidence. You're aching out for him to just shoot, shoot, and he passes it back to someone on the edge of the area and then fluffs his lines. You think, like, the more you shoot, the, the more chances you've got of scoring. So I think that's surely that's got to be... I, I hardly agree. I, I mean, I think it's almost like you've got those growing pains. If we have more possession in the final third, we will get more things wrong because we're there to get them wrong. You know, we weren't complaining that in games about that in games previously because we just, you know, we maybe had two shots in a game. Yeah. So this is, I, I, I think this is, this is all kind of, this is all progress. And, you know, the Hoskins one that hit the corner flag. It was almost an ident- and it and it literally it was like, is this going to go for a throw? And you sort of watched it go out, and it it was like <laughs> at one point I'm thinking, is it going to about roll back in? And someone sh- should have chased it, but yeah, he had a shot against Lincoln. You know, we all remember the Danny Ro- the Danny Rose um, overhead kick, but he had a shot a few minutes before that, mm. very similar position that the keeper made a great save from. So, well, it's, it's one that hit the post, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, let, you know, let's all let you know yeah. have the confidence, have a go. Yeah. Because if you keep doing that, there will be people in better positions. Sometimes you'll pass, sometimes you shoot. But ultimately, you know, you'll have more shots and you'll score more goals, which is, yeah. as, as we've said already, a bit of an issue this year. Well, how many times have we come off it and thought, oh, we haven't even had a shot, let alone a shot on target. And you know, now yeah. we're being criticised for shooting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Can't win. I think also on that pitch as well, sometimes long shots are a good idea because sometimes the goalie might parry it out or whatever. Or have a yeah, bit of or bubble. There. So, yeah, yeah, so that's you know, I don't think you really can complain too much about long shots, and it, it does get the tally up as well. So, fair play for that. Um, talking about Hoskins, he had quite a good chance, a bit of a Gaza moment, Euro 96, <laughs> yes, uh, of our best chances. Um, we've got Kyoso <coughs> in a second, but Kyoso, um, I think it was Edmondson he released down the right flank, mm. tall strike, tall forward. You know, he, he surged, surged down the pitch, and he put a Cost a very teasing ball for Hoskins, and someone said, you know, because Hoskins is, you know, this is an exaggeration, but he's like four foot tall or whatever, five foot or whatever, and he just couldn't get on the end of it. Do you reckon? Yeah. Do you reckon that maybe that anticipation is what we're missing a little bit up front? You know, because I reckon if it was someone like Scott McLeish, that goes in. Well, even yeah, yeah, a proper striker, yeah, like Call- Callum Morton last year season. I think he's on the end of that and scores. Yeah. Personally. What about you, James? You, you, 
it's hard to be too harsh on Hoskins because you know he's got in the right position. He's just short, isn't he? It's just difficult. One. <laughs> yeah, the the, the the run the run is there and and the pass is there and it's just not quite you know um, been executed to perfection. Um, but the the signs are there. At least he's making the run, hmm. and at least you know yeah. it's an intelligent ball across, which we haven't seen. How many times have we seen a move like that this season? Not a lot. So, you know, it, it's promising to see that we see, but you almost wish the roles were reversed and it was Hoskins putting the ball in and Edmondson being in the middle. Um, because, you know, we've bought Edmondson in Six as inches. a slick man. And yeah. whereas Hoskins, I, I personally think his best position is through the middle. But if you're going to play, you know, if you're going to have one delivering the cross and one on the end of it, you'd want Edmondson on the end of it. Um but, you know, I, I think definitely some promising signs that, that we're starting to create a, a, a bit more. Um, and the, the difficulty is we, we've only been doing that for, you know, a, a couple of games. So a yeah. bit like Martin said, it's almost like growing pains. We, we're just having to get through those, hopefully, you know, games where it's we're starting to create stuff, but it's not quite coming off. But that will yeah. eventually lead, you hope, to us looking like we can create and score goals on a more regular basis. But at the same time, James, you could have been saying that on the first game of the season. You know, ideally, we need to grow into our team, growing together. We're getting towards the business business end of the season now, so it is, you know, well, absolutely. And Stephen, uh, you know, Stephen said it's got to be delivered this week, and I completely agree. With <clears throat> two games coming up, now is the time that we need to to score goals. Um, otherwise, <laughs> like say, this is all immaterial if if we don't start putting it in the back of the net. Yeah, exactly. Um, Martin, what have you made to, we talked about Edmondson a little bit. I'm getting a slight you know, rewind or you know, images of Harry Smith a little bit with him because he, he's very industrious and he does stuff well. You know, if you're, if you're a coach, you'd be quite happy with Edmondson. Like, he's doing the, the basics very well, but maybe a little bit isolated like Harry Smith used to be when he was played. You know, maybe um, needs that little combination with him. I, uh... I think I think he's a better fit than than Smith was. I mean, Smith, you know, he's wonderful in the air down the middle, but he he tended to run into areas where he wasn't where he wasn't particularly useful, and that may have been part of that was playing up front on his own, and mm-hmm. it, it wasn't such a good fit. Well, I think Edmondson, he's a big big strong lad, and he'll work he'll work in the channels as well and create chances. But I just think he needs he needs one to go in, and I think. I think one will, you know, his goal scoring record at like youth levels, fantastic. Um, <clears throat> he was clearly highly thought of at Aberdeen. So <clears throat> I think he's a better fit than Smith. I think if it was Smith playing, we would be sort of having the same conversations without such optimism. I think with him, the work rates there, he's getting in positions, he's getting chances, a bit like the team as a whole. I think, you know, he'll, a couple will go in and he will be he will be fine. I don't think he, you know, he'll be the cause of us carry, you know, carrying on not scoring many goals. I think he's he's a good part of the jigsaw, as it were, in in curls um, <laughs> terminology. So I think once they get a combination right, him and him and Rose, or maybe you know a change of formation with wingers or whatever it is we we do, sorry, or just carry on doing what we did yesterday, but doing it better. Um, I think he'll be part of the finished article. So I, you know, I'm quite happy with him, even though he's not got a goal yet. I'm sure I don't remember the stats for Morton, but I was unimpressed with Morton. The, the first couple of games, I think I was like, mm, not quite sure what this guy's got because he he didn't do any one thing brilliantly. You know, he wasn't really quick, he wasn't really big, wasn't really mm. strong. But what turned out was he was 
very good at everything. And I look at Edmondson and think, you know, there's a there's a good footballer. Um, so yeah, I'll, I think he'll be all right. I th- I would say that Morton had more pace than any of our strikers. Yes. Maybe maybe Chuck Wamika apart. I don't really see him too often. Mm. I can tell you how 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 fast he is. Pretty fast. But I, I, I'll go to you, um, James, on Danny Rose, who clearly is a technical striker with that overhead kick. It just showed you what he's got in his locker. But for me, he's slightly lacking that burst of pace. That I don't want to go back to McLeish again. There's, there's been plenty of strikers that have that two-yard burst of pace to get on the ball. For me, that's sort of, you know, like going to a complete extreme. Gerd Muller couldn't, couldn't run 100 metres in probably more than about less than about 15 seconds. But over a couple of yards, he had that killer instinct to get on the ball. Do, James, do you think maybe that what Rose is missing or do you reckon he's, he's got that? Uh, I guess it's the difference between League Two and League One because I would say in League Two yeah. he probably has that. In League yeah. One, it's just a little bit quicker, isn't it? A little bit quicker. Mm. I think perhaps you know he's after playing in League Two uh, last two or three years. I think with Mansfield, wasn't he? Uh, perhaps he's you know he's still kind of stepping up. What I will will say is he, he is our top scorer and he's our top scorer for a reason, and yeah. that's because he is the most natural goal scorer that we've got on the books at the moment. So mm. uh, you, you've got to play to his strengths then, which perhaps isn't isn't pace, but I think his movement is pretty good. And I think it's just about creating chances for him and utilising, you know, his, his assets, which I don't think we're quite doing at the moment. Um, at the moment, he's kind of like plucking chances out of nowhere, like with that Lincoln goal. Um, exactly. He had, um, he had one kind of shot, in, in, in the second half down the left where he kind of beat a couple of men and then the, the shot was kind of straight at the keeper and he, he's almost having to he's having to create his own chances which is not yeah. which is not his job his job is to put the chances away but he's having to work so hard to get the chances he's almost like mm. uh, I almost kind of like say mentally fatigued when he manages to actually get the <laughs> shot away because he's had to work so hard to create it himself mm. so we just need to create more chances for our strikers and that comes from the whole team that's not just down you know to to, to the uh, attacking players it's it's about marrying the whole team to create more chances and I think Kyoso could play a, a big part of that he he does look like we we finally kind of got that attacking kind of wing back that um we've been crying out for for ages um so I think the signs are there but it, it, it's gonna just take a few games and it, it's whether we have the time left for it to, you know, for it to completely align. That's yeah. the difficulty at the moment. Yeah, time time is not on our side and we've got a double header of really important games coming up this week with Wigan and Burton. Let's go to you, Stephen, on Kyoso, who plenty of seven out of tens in that showing yesterday, but Kyoso just seemed to have that extra bit of power and pace up the flank, didn't he, Stephen? Yeah, he did. I thought he had a superb game, to be honest. And that's um, attacking and defending. Um, yeah, he, he really did show a lot of pace. And that's what we've missed probably all season. Um, the only thing I could I slightly fault on would be his crossings. But again, that, that given time, I think will come. Um, yeah. yeah, he really did have a superb game. It just seems that Luton Town seems to, you know, that obviously they're in a higher league than us, they produce some good players, but we just mm. seem to be sort of feeding off their scraps a little bit. It'd be great if we could sign players of Kyoso's ilk so they're on our books rather than Luton's, but it is what it is, I guess. Um, Martin, obviously a big fan of Kyoso. Yeah, yeah, I think um, 
it's absolutely as has been said you know we've we've lacked creativity in in the wing back roles when mills has been out and really harriman is a he's a proper he's a proper fullback you know he's not, <clears throat> not a bad player but he doesn't really suit a wing back system kioso you could tell curl was keen on him and everything I remember we signed him you always look at like what the opposition the you know, fans of where he's been at saying and the bolton fans were pretty disappointed yeah. um that he went um and I think yeah he's, he's got it all hasn't he he he, yeah, he puts a ta- mm. tackle in mm. he he gets forward I think that first game he had um was it Fleetwood or Blackpool McWilliams screwed up and it was one of those games where you're watching on iFollow without any commentary so you hear the players and he was you know really getting stuck into Williams in a positive way and you think right this guy's got leadership skills as well oh, it's, I I think he's um he's brilliant if if we if we stay up and you know I think there's an awful lot of points to play for and it's very tight and we've every chance of doing it it's, it's in our hands rather than anyone else's he'll be a big part of why we do um I I think he's a wonderful addition and you know, I think there is a thing with the 25, is it 25 or 22 man squad limit that you have now that reminds me a bit of baseball in America where you have your 20, 26 man and 40 man Rossi. You have to make a lot of decisions where good players end up going somewhere else because you yeah. can't put them on a, on a, onto, a, onto a squad. And I think <clears throat> that will become more of a, an attribute around recruitment of knowing which players are on the edge of that and which ones can you get in because it's going to be harder um, to hoard lots and lots of good players and, um, and keep them happy, you know, unless you're Chelsea and you're paying them lots of money and you end up with 28-year-olds who've never made a league appearance. Um, at lower levels, you're going to have guys who want a game and I think, you know, that's going to be a skill. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that one. What I liked about Kyoso was, Sometimes we can be a little bit tentative in our play and just maybe sl- lacking a slight bit of confidence on the ball. And Kyoso hasn't got that at all. He's, he's coming from Luton. He's, he's got, got a confidence. bit of warmth about him, hasn't he? he yeah. He, he, he wants to do something. to someone, won't he? he? Yeah. He won't be scared if he's, if he's charging towards a defender who's like six foot four or something. He, he will just clatter into them. He's, he, you know, he's got that, he's got that muscular, muscular build and just, he's just, he's just not, not concerned. And that's what we need. And that, that mobility, I'd, I'm a big fan of that Pritchard for um, Air Crinton, who we'll talk about in a minute, got sent off. He has got a bit of technique, can carry the ball and just isn't isn't scared. And I think Kyoso was our nearest thing to that. Um, but that sort of leads me on to the Pritchard red card. Let's go to you, James, on this one. Um, it could have been a straight red, do you reckon, for even just for the second yellow? Uh, yeah, it, was, it wasn't a great tackle, <laughs> was it? Uh, I think the, the <laughs> oh. two tackles combined... Uh, well, um, the, the first incident as well, it makes mm. it probably the most nailed on red card I've seen in ages uh, between yeah. between the two of them. It's just a dumb challenge to make, especially when you're on a booking. Um, but um, yeah, it, it was a terrible challenge and uh, quite quite rightly got um, sent off. But almost a shame it didn't happen you know, 10 minutes earlier. Um, I think it would have been interesting to see kind of 10 minutes of kind of pressure. And they, oh. they did kind of expertly see out the game at Crinton there wasn't actually much gameplay within that for last eight minutes there was a lot of kind of um you know uh, time wasting etc which you know we would do in the same situation you know it's not having a go at them but they they kind of saw out the game pretty comfortably I thought with with 10 men um mm. despite us having all the ball for that kind of last period again I still 
Arsenal didn't just feel like there was going to be a goal. No, I think that both teams by that point were sort of happy with a, with a point. It was a, quite a tough game on a very heavy pitch and a point wasn't too bad for either side, I guess. Um, Stephen, Richard, like I said before, for me, is a very skillful player. I think he came through the ranks at Spurs, but he's, a, he's good on the ball. Like God knows what was going through his mind. He seemed to lose it a little bit, with the, especially the second one. It was a, both feet off the ground, do you reckon? Might have made a straight red as well, Steve? Um, I mean, you could argue the first one was a straight red. I mean, mm. it, was, it was very high feet, wasn't it? Um, and then the second one was, was, for me, no doubt a straight red. Um, yeah, he's a lucky boy not to... I mean, what would it be, one one match ban with that? Whereas it could easily be in a three-match ban. Yeah, very very skillful player, but not not in the tackle. Very good with the ball, but not, not going for it, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's a good point. It, you know, I, I don't know what what got into him, and maybe he got he'd been wound up a little bit by something. But I think is it is it the old cliche? His head's gone. It, the first the first yeah. first challenge could have been a red. Second one, I think the ref knew he'd already booked him, and it's probably a, a bit easier to give a set. There's few, fewer inquiries if you give someone a second yellow and they're going anyway. It's fine, but I think that tack on its own would have would have been and should have been should have been a red. It was a pretty horrible I think <clears throat> I was really impressed with the commentator that Dan Jewell that does the commentary up there because um, I, I was watching the game and I follow I thought it was, it was great and he did say John Coleman doesn't like making substitutions all right and <clears throat> I think after that first one even if he's your most creative player in a game that's a bit of like an attritional one mm. and there's gonna be tackles flying in if you think someone's head's gone you probably you take him started off. to take him off. And I heard him, they left um, the mic, the ref's microphone on, but no commentary after the game. And Coleman was berating um, the referee about something else being a straight red. But I, I, I was racking me brains for which tackle we'd made that he thought should have been one. But yeah, it, it was like, you could almost see it coming. It wasn't a shock who put that stupid tackle in. And that's, you know, Coleman's a great manager, you know, and I know he'd never leave Accrington because it didn't work out for him when he left him before to go to Rochdale. But boy, if we were ever looking for a manager and he was interested, you're like, he's one of the best. But that was definitely a blind spot of his because you could see that coming. Martin, the straight red was for um, Marshall when he had to change his shorts halfway. I like Mark Marshall, but that has to be one of the worst five-minute cameos I've seen from a Cobblers player. <laughs> Ever yeah. <laughs> could put his pants on properly, and then he just passed the ball straight to them on our last attack. I was just like, yeah. "What was that about?" Is, though, it was comical. <laughs> the thing is, though, he he he, he plays in such so, such fits and starts. He's he's on five minutes here, ten minutes there. It's hard to get any any mm. sort of like momentum going. And on that sort of pitch, he's not really that that, that sort you of want, player you want. I don't think you want to go on a pitch like that. You want to go in, go on in the middle of the park and fly into a few tackles. You'd not want to come on as a winger. Because it's gonna if you are a dribbler, you know you are not gonna. It's gonna be hard to get to the get to the pace of it with the ball sticking and such like. And I, I felt sorry for him when he gave the ball away because you know what sort of player he is. He's probably yeah. not the player you want to bring on in those circumstances. But obviously, you've, you're giving people a break. You're try, you know, you're trying to get that little edge of, you know, we know yeah. this guy can put a crossover. You know, if he'd have got the one, if he'd have got away, got a crossover and we'd scored, mm. we'd like brilliant mm. substitution. But chances are he's not going to look great. But, you know, it was good because it was us trying to win a game rather than hanging on for a point. None of mm. this prevents him from putting his pants on properly. Well, no. no this, is, <laughs> this is true. 
they were just the case of the wrong colour, weren't they? They were like the um, ones, you, the tight ones for like your hamstrings and that. Sorry, I think. It, was, it was the old cycling shorts out there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, some of us used to used to wear, and they got to match the colour of your kit. Yeah. I think I think he was trying to uh, copy F on Elad because he was the one. Cycling <laughs> was probably not, not why, quite as good as. Why be so uh, anal? <laughs> but yeah, it was um, it, obviously the the game finished nil nil and. It's one of those ones where cobblers, you, you think, oh, great. What a great, you know, a, a point is good against Stanley. They beat, uh, who did they beat? 6-1 in the week? Bristol Rovers. Uh, Bristol Rovers. They beat Bristol Rovers 6-1 in the week. So, you know, we've, yeah. we've kept them to zero. What a great thing. And then you look at the league table. We've managed to lose a position down to 23rd. So that's cobblers for you. Sort of you kicks, you, kicks you in the nuts when you sort of don't want it to. Um, it's a, it's a diff- if we think about the Sunderland game, yeah, it was nil-nil and we were reasonably okay at shutting mm. a team down but we did not look like we had a goal you know we'd, we'd been playing for two weeks and we wouldn't have scored and and to be fair the Mackhams wouldn't either this was a different sort of nil this was a nil nil with a lot of positives I, I don't tend to look at the league table too often until the last few games of the season because it's more about what we're in control of and yeah we, we were on the front foot we were quite good on another day we win that and I guess my thing is right can we do that on Tuesday night and can we do that on Saturday? If we do, yeah, if we approach every game like that and go down, mm. I'm like, fine, we've had, we've had a good go at it. If mm. we're more passive and allow ourselves to be pushed back, then I'll, you know, I'll think, well, no, we, we've not we've not given it our best. So I think, yeah, the league table, yeah, we, we drop a point. But equally, you know, we, we could have... We could have scratched a fluky 1-0 as we've done occasionally over the season and gone up a couple of places, but it probably wouldn't be progress in the same way that actually the dynamic around the team seemed a lot better. And with like, you know, Sheehan and, and Miller to come back in, hopefully in the next few days, I'm feeling somewhat more optimistic. Yeah, that's a fair appraisal as normal, um, Martin. Let's <laughs> go to have a little think about Man of the Match. We did it on NQ and TFC. We put a poll out. It was pretty much between McWilliams and Kyoso, but feel free to add anyone else you think into the mix. Um, for me, I'll just I'm going to go for Kyoso because of his buccaneering showing down the the right wing. I think he was at the heart of a lot of the good stuff we did, and I just like that power and he yeah that lack of fear, which I think has sort of seeped in a little bit, especially to the back three in previous matches. Um, Stephen, who was one of the match for you? Um, I'll have to go with, with what you've just said there with Kyoso. Uh, however, I would like to mention the back three with uh, Lloyd-Jones, yeah. Bolger yeah. and Horsfall. Horsfall weren't as good as the other two, but they won every single header, um, all three of them really. Uh, yeah, they, they were fantastic at the back and really sort of set up the, the, uh, the, the uh, being able to attack um, if you've got a solid defence, you can move on then to attack forward. So, yeah, good mention for, the, for those three at the back. Like I say, Lloyd Jones in particular just won every single head. I thought he was fantastic. But, yeah, Kyoso for me, from what you said as well, uh, my man yeah. of the match. OK, that, that makes sense. Uh, James, what about you? Concur pretty much with that. I think you could make a decent case for any of the back line. Uh, agree. It was between Kyoso and Jones for me. I think that was Jones' best display since he re-signed for us. Um, looked very dominant. Didn't give Accrington much. And like you say, this is a team that scored six in midweek and we're in a good run of form. So to nullify them, I thought it was was pretty good. It's impre- it, it, it's promising to see that we're no longer... We 
you know, you, you think back to those Oxford and Lincoln games where you just thought we don't have a prayer if we defend like this. And it's promising to see that we're, we're looking, we're, create, we're keeping more clean sheets and we're looking a lot more solid defensively. And there's just a lot less individual mistakes, which was the, which I think was the kind of story of the first half of the season. It was just continuous individual mistakes and I think yeah. we're cutting down on them defensively. And that's, that's promising to see. That's almost like the, the first piece of the jigsaw that we had to solve. Um, because if you can't keep clean sheets, you've got zero chance at least now we've got a chance of getting things out of games, even if we're not scoring many, because we're starting to keep clean sheets. So, yeah, I think any of the the, the back line would have had a decent shout, but I think it was between Kyoso and Jones. I'll probably go for Jones. OK, that makes sense. So what I would have to contrast is the performance of the defence against Blackpool, which is a bit like a circus at times. So I it's see always... it, I can't comment. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, one, yeah. one swallow doesn't make a summer, but they, they were, I thought they were outstanding yesterday, the, the back three. Um, yeah. Really, really yeah. Good. I, just fe- I just felt that Blackpool were a lot better at pulling them, at, them out of position um, and Stanley just really couldn't do it. So there was a bit of a chalk and cheese performance from the opposition, opposition right. there. Um, and who's your man of the match, mate? Well, I mean, I don't throw this around lightly. I think absolutely the, the, the back three, I think all the midfield worked hard. But could Peter Chioso be the new Brendan Maloney? <laughs> that, that, and that is praise indeed from me. <laughs> it's like Gary Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I, I thought Chioso was a, a level above. And I think it's not just his play. He, his attitude is, is... He brings a bit of verve and style. And I... And I do wonder that that first twenty minutes against Lincoln, when you had Miller out there as well, mm. it gave the side a whole different look. Because you know we we all we all go out to work and do and do things in the week, and if work's going badly, your head go your head goes down. And you know when you're all working together and it's been crap for six months, you know after being good, you need some different voices and what have you, and some some people with you know who haven't have come in without that that kind of experience. And I wonder, you know, if you get, you know, you get Sheehan back in that side, you've got Miller, you maybe stretch it to a, a front three. Um, you, you know, maybe maybe you put Hoskins out out one side, Miller out the other, or, or Rose. You know, you've, you've suddenly got four players to pick three positions from, however you do it, if you spread them out or if you do a 10 and and kind of two up front. But it feels like there's options and there's options with, with dynamism and I think having the wing, you know, having wing backs that add some chances makes it it's less turgid. Whereas if you've got full backs doing the impression of wing backs, or you've got wingers who aren't very good at doing it against better players, as we've we've talked about earlier in the season with with the likes of Adams and Marshall, who are were great going forward, you know, great back three three. You know, it it starts to look like, you know, I know he always talks about jigsaws and, and James mentioned it. <laughs> maybe the some of the missing pieces you know we could be, you know we only need to be okay to the end of the season to stay up mm. yeah. we don't need to be brilliant and we look a lot dep- closer to okay just depends martin if we're like going to be a completely jigsaw puzzle or a game of kaplunk we go either way yeah i think you're right about sheehan actually sheehan I said on Twitter that it's becoming a little bit of a problem that his name's not appearing on those team sheets. And if he if it does appear, 
against Wigan or Burton, it'll be a big, a big plus. But yeah, we need him back. He's almost coming a bit of a McCormack, playing a couple of games here and there, but we just need him in that team just for that yeah. that little bit of class and that left footed left foot and um also his um ability at, you know, whipping in some decent crosses. So hopefully we'll have him back in uh, at least one of the games. Great on Horseful in, in the side. And Horseful to be fair was one of his one of his better games yesterday, but he's mm. he struggled at this level. Bulger, yeah. you know you're getting with Bulger and he probably you know you just want better players around him and, and she and absolutely is that. Yeah. Plus the set pieces as well. You know, it's yeah. uh, like, who's, who's the guy, the Irish fullback for Leeds? Um, was it Ian Hart? It was like, you know, world-class left foot and he was like a league one defender, but he'd get a game every week because he was that good. Mm, that's mm. a good point. But when you look at the, the stats, um, you know, it, I, Phil Garlic tweeted us again. He's been keeping an eye on the number of games we've gone goalless, and I mentioned it earlier, but uh, we failed to score in 14 out of 25 league games. Um, 56% of games have gone goalless for Northampton. And I was only sort of half-joking that maybe in the week, you know, we've got those sort of high-vis third kits, Martin. We could just put the players to work in um, the Tesco's warehouse in the week. And- <laughs> <laughs> Hoskins on the old Hoskins on the old pick and pack or whatever it is, and um, it, might, it might make him a little bit hungry. What do you reckon, Martin? Would you take him? <laughs> I'm sure there's always a place in distribution for an industrious and hardworking man like Hoskins. Although, if I was interviewing him, I'm telling you that Tash has got to go. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, you know, you know, my point is that something needs to change. Obviously, in terms of the goals scored and. I'll put James. I'm not expecting you to come out with the uh, you know, <laughs> save our season because you know that's beyond your remit at the moment. But what do you reckon we can? Do, what do you reckon we can do, James, to start hitting the back of the net? I've got an idea on this as well. After James, if that's go, okay. no, go with Mike. Okay. More time to think. Okay, okay, go on. Sign Pele. <laughs> well, we're not going to sign Pele. We can sign players that are out contract. Mm. Right now, if we we're going with pretty much the shape we sort of are now for for a lot of games. Yeah. We let Ricky Holmes go because we weren't playing with a 10. Mm. Now playing with a 10 in Hoskins and we're playing two games a week for something. Is it like six weeks on the bounce or something yes. like that? Yeah. Right. Hoskins, you know, the, the one thing even is detractors, you know, no one will ever criticise his fitness, but I don't think you need him playing every, every game, you know, two games a week, every week. I think with the fact we've got space in the squad because we made one fewer signing than we were expecting to or hoping to, I think you get Ricky Holmes back in until the end of the season. Probably going to be on the bench more often than not, but it's, you're going to give Hoskins a spell off and it's a different look and he'll create goals. And if you're playing mm. that 4-3-3 with two of the, two of the three hard-working midfielders, You've got a guy in that 10 and really the only guy we've got who plays mm. up, although Miller, I guess, could play there and maybe that's that's the thinking. I'd be tempted if Holmes hasn't got himself fixed up at South End yet, that he would be a better option at the very least on the bench than the attacking options we've got. Mm. Yeah, spot on. Okay. So totally, you- totally agree with that. For me, though, the only one thing I would say is that, you know, it is... Uh, Holmes, the same player he was, and uh, is he? Is he just going to have that ability to be a man? And obviously, you, keep, you always keep your quality, but I'm just—I oh, would be slightly concerned. He, he, he won't. He won't be the 20, 2015, no. 16 Ricky Holmes. 
No. Yeah. Will he be better though? When you're looking at that bench, think yeah. we need a goal. Is he a better option than for scoring a goal than bringing on Chukwemeka, Ashley Seal, or whichever one of the industrious midfielders we left off? And I know Watson. Mm. Obviously, a lot of us are very high on Watson at the minute. He's he's looked a, a different player later season, but you know he might you know he might create three goals between now and end of the season. A few okay. nils might turn into one nils. Yeah, that, sounds a reasonable shout. So, Stephen, Stephen, do you agree with that, mate? Yeah, totally. I mean, you said about Pritchard and his technical ability. I mean, that is homes all over. It's not a case of taking a couple of players on the lashing in the top right-hand corner or whatever. I'd say it's more of the slipping the pass through to your forward, say Rose or something, to finish. That's what he has. Yeah, he has that. He has that ball control, and he just. It's just it's just different. Like Martin said, to come off the bench is just something a little bit different instead of sort of like running around a bit a bit like a headless chicken maybe and putting the foot on that that slip slipping that pass through to your striker to to create that chance. That's the way I say hype homes. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I think we are. And it's very easy to overlook Chuck Wimika. I know myself and James are big fans of his and, you know, there's a lot of talk about other clubs looking at him. I think he did actually score against Wigan in the first game um, when we won 3-2, I think it was. And for me, I think he's a player that is vastly underused by Keith Cole and Hmm. he knows where the back of the net is. I think on Tuesday v Wigan, we need players that are going to be able to hit the net. So for me, Edmondson isn't particularly a natural goal scorer. He's very industrious. And, mm. you know, I think we need the players that can actually, we can play as much as, as, as well as we want. We can keep the ball, you know, fairly reasonably, but we, you need finishes on that pitch. So for me, I would like to see um, Chuck Romika starting up front. I think with Rhodes, they're both capable finishers. Get the, get the players on that can damage teams. And if we're not good enough after that, I think we're just going to, we just have to accept it. I think Kerr is sort of trying to um, spin so many plates and just try and keep us in the league by managing games as much as you want. I reckon it will still have the same outcome as if you go for it with the players that can actually score. So, you know, that's, yeah. my, that's my thought on that one. Um, James, what about you? You've had a little bit of time to think now, mate. Um, well, yeah, I, I certainly agree. I think if we're looking at addition additions to the squad, a player that runs at people now, I think, is the, is the main signing. I think I, I said the main signing in January would, would be an attacking right wing back, which I think we've now got. In Kyoso, now we just need uh, a midfield player that runs at people. Now, whether that's Ricky Holmes or not, I think, you know, I don't think we should just, you know, be sentimental about this. There will be other players that can do that job, mm. whether it's Ricky Holmes mm. or someone else who does it. Mm-hmm. I think we do need a player that that runs at people and gives them something to think about when we're potentially on counter attacks, etc. Mm. Uh, because at the moment we don't counter attack, do we? It's very, it's a very slow methodical build-up at the moment with us we're not you know other than the Edmondson chance uh cross to Doskins yesterday yeah it's the first time we've counter-attacked in ages mm. like so I do think we need an option there in terms of the starting lineup I'm, I'm kind of aligned with you Tom in that I was looking at who's got goals for us this season and let's get as many of them on the pitch as, as possible so yeah. Rose is top scorer Hoskins is just behind and then you've kind of got um, the likes of, you know, Chuck Wormaker and Ashley Seal are kind of on two or three goals and Edmondson I know has not had much of a chance. I I wouldn't be averse to Keith playing the same team. I don't think anyone really deserves to lose their place after 
the performance at the weekend. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of willing to go, right, let's let's try this again, but against a team that's not as good, with all due respect to, to mm. Wigan, you know, um, and see how it works. But I think if we don't score goals uh, against Wigan, I think then I'd be looking at, right, OK, we do need to start creating and scoring goals now. And I'd be looking at getting Chuck Wimika more involved. I'd be looking at getting Watson more involved, who I think for all his flaws, can hit the back of the net. Um, mm. And his main flaw is inconsistency. Um, but I'd rather have someone who can hit the ball in the net and say one in three games than than someone who's just not going to do it full stop. So uh, the, the team I, I lined up was, I think we look better. I think we look more creative with a four at the back. So I, the team I went for was Kyoso, Bolger Jones and Mills, assuming Sheehan isn't fit. Three midfield three of Morris, McWilliams and Watson, and then kind of Hoskins playing kind of just behind Chuck Wimika and Rose. That's the, the lineup I went for, but I wouldn't be averse to seeing the lineup that we played on on Saturday, uh, given a chance against Wigan and seeing how they do. Um, but I think the proof will be in how they do against Wigan because that is the game now where they need to to deliver. Yeah. Can you imagine like going to the going playing against Wigan on Tuesday and this tentative, you know, three at the back play comes back in and we're just trying to nick the game. I know Wigan mm. are going to be absolutely bang up for it. There's talk of a takeover going through with some Bahrainis at Wigan, so that will enthuse them. <laughs> They're not a great side by any means, but they did score two at the weekend, so they can score. Whereas we're just struggling to to get one. So I really I completely agree, James. That. I would like to see four at the back as a, a, a very, you know, the basis of um, our play. And for me, it seems sometimes he sets the team up around the defence, which is, you know, quite an old fashioned thing to do. There's nothing wrong with it. But I just want to see a lot more creative intent, maybe starting from the front forward this time. Um, and, you know, I put a little team out on Twitter. It won't happen, definitely, because there's no way that Kerr will think like this. But I put uh, Harriman at right back because I think that is his natural position and he's actually pretty useful there. Then Jones and Sheehan, if he's actually, you know, available, not not 100% on that one. But then Mills at left back. I want Kyoso further up the pitch, so in front of Harriman in a, like a 4-4-2. Then McWilliams and Watson in midfield, because Watson is that box-to-box midfielder. I put Marshall in. I think Marshall, I really like him. I know what we've said about he wasn't great on Saturday, but he's, he's a very talented player when he puts his mind to it. And then Rosen, Chuck Wimika up front. So just a team with a bit of intent in it, do you know what I mean? Bit harsh on Morris, but I, I can see where you're going. Yeah, but you've got you've got to. Um, yeah, I, I completely get. You've got yeah. to get you know not use someone. And for me, again, Morris is when he signed. I've read up and quite a lot, and I spoke to a couple of people. People have always said that he's best as a as a quarterback. So if you've got McWilliams and Morris next to each other in a four four two, there's not much drive up the pitch really. And yeah. Watson is that player that can get into you know and he, and around the box. He's he's pretty. Good, you probably need to play a three in a yes. midfield to mm. get in, in terms of where our best play, you know, that our best players were players that 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 Curl thinks was best. You know, McWilliams and Morris are two of the you know, two that will be in the team more often than not. And I think you probably want to play a formation that allows you to to play both of them. So that, that's the kind of negative on four four two. You'll end up one of your better players if you're not considering fitness and play. You're playing game in, game out, so you have to rotate. You know, in the in the harder working areas of the of the, of the pitch. Yeah. You may the worry would be whatever you put up front. You've got two guys that want to sit kind of fairly deep 
as as midfielders. Mm, the, the problem is though that we the thing that's underpinning. But you know, ultimately, you want to pick, you want to pick teams to win games, and sometimes yeah, the lack of goals, the lack of goals is lack of goals is glaring with the uh, with the formations that Keith Cole has been using. So I think I do I do think that they're going to have to leave everything on the pitch on Tuesday, and they've got to go for it. So if that means a, a change in formation or whatever, you know, so I, be it. Yeah, I mean, I, I would be less just I, I would kind of predict us being less radical <laughs> than yeah, you, of course, of course, than you yeah. suggested. Yeah, um, I know. But I think I do think the personnel that started yesterday, I would be tempted that if maybe rotate someone into the into the midfield three base now people look at training tomorrow. Um, you know, you get whichever one is the most knackered, maybe rest. So you bring Watson in for one of those. If she and a Miller are in are fit, they come in for either for horseful and potentially Hoskins. I think he's I think he, he fancies Edmondson to get him goals. So what's he played now? Four games, uh not scored. I'm kind of cool that I think he you know you, you almost have to it's a bit like you know do you sack you know when people say do you sack the manager if you've backed him to get the players in then they're the players he fancies he's probably got the best chance of getting the most out of them. So I'd say, yeah, if we're, if, we're, if we're doing this call in seven days' time and Edmondson's played 180 minutes and still hasn't scored, it's becoming a problem. At the moment, I think, no, no, that's, that's the one you fancy. But he's probably on, you know, on, a, on a shorter shorter leash. I mean, I think he likes having a strong man in, in the middle you know, who will kind of bully defenders a bit. Chuck Maker isn't really that player. Ashley Seal sort of seems to be a, a big strong lab he's improved no end but probably you know isn't isn't there yet um so i think we'll see edmondson starting but i think miller would be the one who would in the same the way that we say once only runs at people we'd like you know maybe a bit of ricky holmes back miller's probably the one who gets us closest there out of what we've mm. got mm. It's just if if Miller's back in time when he pulled up with that hamstring on his, on his debut, yeah. it was like a typical cobblers would be hamstrings are so yes. your recovery from hamstring is so touch and go. You know you can tweak it again. You know coming back. So hopefully everyone wants to see him back. He's a yeah. very useful if on curl, I'll definitely be, not be saying he's coming back yeah. because I think teams will set up different. You, you don't want Wigan to know he's playing until the last minute. Or yeah, Burton, definitely. whoever it is, because I think you have to set up differently with a player like that. Yeah, that's true. Kyoso, right. I think they they hinted that Kyoso wasn't be available for the Fleetwood game. Yes, and then he started. Then he started, and you know I think with your good players, that's what you want to do. Yeah, that's true. Right then, we're going to wrap up now, but I'm going to sort of um, ask you to make a prediction for Tuesday. It's a difficult one and it's probably quite a scary one because we, you know, our season doesn't necessarily hinge on it, but it's such a huge game for Wigan who are not in the best of form either. Um, James, give us a score prediction for Tuesday. 1-0 to Cobblers. Okay, a high-scoring classic as usual. <laughs> but a reasonable suggestion. Uh, Martin, what about you? Um, I'm going to go 3-1 Cobblers. <laughs> I, I, I think a few things will click together, but we'll still be bad at the back. <laughs> yeah, that would to score three goals would be a huge improvement anyway. That'll 
uh, cheer a lot of people up. Um, Stephen, what about you, mate? Uh, I'll have to agree with Martin, really. Um, I was going to go 3-1, but I'll go 3-2 because maybe might let one more goal in. But I think, we, yeah, I think we'll nick it. I think we'll nick it. 3-2. I'd, right. <laughs> I'd love to see love to see us get a three in, but I think it, it, it's got the... It's got kind of the ring of one of those games where we just need to get over the line. And, mm. um, Very much so. What, what, by whatever means necessary, three points yes. United, however they come. I wonder I what if Wigan defended if Wigan defend against us as they did uh, in the home well, game, then we can score three. Um, well, they were dreadful, weren't they? Yeah. they I think that they've improved since then. So. Um, and ditto Burton, you know, Burton were absolutely hopeless <laughs> in, in, in in that uh, away game, weren't they? But um, mm. they've got, you know, a hell of a result yesterday, which I don't think anyone saw coming. And um, yeah, I yeah. think it's just, it's it, with these two games, I'd, like I said, I'd love to see a score more goals, but it's literally just about getting six points. Yes. Uh, whether yeah. that happens, that's all that matters. I reckon 2-1... Literally a toss of the coin either side. You know, if Wigan win 2 1, not surprised at all. If we win 2 1, they're equally not surprised, but hopefully it'll be in Northampton's favour. And then we play Burton on Saturday, and obviously Jimmy Floyd has a bank as a manager, so he'll be looking for a bit of a revenge. So, as if you're a neutral looking in, you'd be like, these are two really mouthwatering games, but with Cobblers, it's just <laughs> still going to be a worrying week, isn't it? But We'll see how we'll get on and we'll um, meet up again next weekend to sort of chew the fat of what's happened. Fingers crossed, Northampton. Everyone's rooting for you, but it's going to be a difficult one. You guys take it easy. Thanks for joining me again and um, we'll speak again next week. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Cheers, all. Cheers. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.